The following presentation is controversial and may be offensive to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. John Lund with you from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. You can hear my show weekdays, KMBR.com, if you're in the Bay Area on 680 AM or 104.5 FM. Weekdays, 10 AM to 2 PM. I think I already said that. Uh, check out CabooseBistol.com. If you don't know why we brand this whole thing Caboose Pistol, under About in the menu, you can do that. Stories that we talk about in the podcast are there. Video, audio, archives of podcasts, all those things at CabooseBistol.com. At CabooseBistol on Twitter. At John Lund Radio on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe and please do to the Caboose Pistol podcast. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, where you find all your fine podcasts. Also, your voice can be on the show. We love it when it is. All you got to do is call 508-296-4949, 508-296-4949. Leave a message, comments, questions, anything like that, and we will put the best ones on the show. And if you just want to and if you just want to email the show, you don't want to have your voice on the show, that's fine too. Hey, H-E-Y at CabooseBistol.com. Before I get to today's big lead, uh, one year ago today, August 3rd, 2019, I was covering San Francisco 49ers training camp in Santa Clara, California. I got one of those uh, things on Instagram that pop up a year ago today, and they had the trophies out. We took pictures with it, and it was cool, and talked to Richard Sherman and Joe Staley and all these guys, and uh, it was normal. And it was weird because I get this picture and you just forget what normal is, right? And I don't know how much of the new normal this is going to be and how much, whether it's uh, the coronavirus itself or whether it's the economy or, or, or whether it is uh, the equality that we're all fighting for right now. Uh, hopefully, obviously, that stays around. But it'll be interesting to see what of all of this uh, becomes our new normal life. Hopefully the coronavirus goes away soon, but uh, man, it was just weird looking at that that picture. I'm looking at that thing, going, "God, that's when things were normal, and you can hardly remember it." But uh, anyway, I'm at, at John Lund Radio. I reposted it today, and you can see it. But it's it's just been strange, and uh, as we continue to fight through it, and again, I like to have fun on the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, we like to have fun. We like to give you a lot of sound, hear a bunch of stuff, make you think a little bit, but mostly laugh to get you away from everything. But I, it just it just stuck with me. I, that that thing hit me, August third, two thousand nineteen. Normal, uh, the normal, uh, and whatever the new normal is going to be. All right, let's get going. It's time for today's big lead for podcast number twelve. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Obviously, the new normal in sports is talking about COVID-19. And baseball, you're either in or you're out. And I'm not trying to be cavalier about COVID-19. I'm simply saying that if baseball wants to play, they got to play. And if baseball wants to be safe, then be safe. It's either business or it's health. But it's not both. And don't sit there and tell us, that it's about health because it's not. The only reason you're playing is for money, to try to get to the postseason where you don't have to pay the players and you can make up some semblance of the money that you've lost. And oh, by the way, all sports, this message goes out to you. It's not your right to make money every single year. 
baseball, basketball, football, uh, professionally, they've been making money hand over fist for years and years and years, and you're finally not going to make money this year. Oh, sad you. And I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the owners who seem to get a pass because the players' salaries are always published, and the owners and what they're making in all their businesses and especially in their income that we care about as far as revenue from sports is never published, so we always, for some reason, side with the man, even though we never want to side with the man. That's one of the more confusing things in sports to me. But what I mean by in or out baseball, you're either being safe, in which case, much to my chagrin because I make my living off of sports, you need to cancel the season. 33 games were canceled over the weekend. Another outbreak with the Cardinals. The Phillies seem safe. The Marlins have played three games. Other teams have played 11 or 12. It's a complete mess. It's going to be a chess game that you're going to be moving all over the board. Did you not anticipate in that 103-page report that there would be coronavirus outbreaks? Was that not discussed whatsoever? So you're either in because it's safety, or even though you try to use it as a shield, oh, no, 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 it's not about business. It is about business. So there had to be something where every time a player or a clubhouse attendant or a front office person or someone around the team got the virus that you weren't going to just completely shut down. Because if that were the case, it was never going to work. What's in that document? I'm too lazy to read it. Have you? I don't know. Because it seems to me, and I get this, we've never seen this before, so we're all flying by the seat of of our pants. Everything we turn to, and this is just generally how life works. Oh, I've been through that. I've been through that. I've been through that. That's why as you get older, you get smarter because you're not fearful of things. You know, you've gotten married or divorced. You've gotten a job, lost a job. You've, you've done all the difficult things. You've, maybe you've, you've had a child or two or three, and, and then they go through things. And so you've been through everything. Okay, I've been through that. Let me go back to my memory. Oh, okay, this is how we handle that. With the coronavirus, COVID-19, we haven't done that. So I understand, and I'm trying to give sports and people in general a break because it's new. But it's not getting as new now. So baseball has been had months and months to go through these protocols, and the first thing on the list should have been, what happens when someone gets the virus? And they're acting as if, oh my gosh, someone got the virus? Oh, we never thought of that. So you didn't think when someone got it, what would happen? When multiple players or personnel got it, what would you do? When there was an outbreak, what would you do? You know, we all sat there in the sports media and said it's all about money and money and money and money. And when they get to the to the safety protocols, they're going to just blow right through that. And it seems that's what they did, is that they got to the money, pay us our full boat for the amount of games that we could play, which is which comes out to 60. And now it's, oh, yeah, those safety protocols. So again, you're either in or you're out. It's either about safety, which let's be honest, it's not, or it's about business and you trudge through. There was already over the weekend, Rob Madford coming out and saying, we are threatening if you don't do better. What do you mean if the players don't do better? Now look, the Marlins, it's coming out, they they broke protocol. Uh, the Phillies may have broken protocol. All these teams, it, it, look, you had to know that these guys were in the primes of their lives, and you didn't, no bubble, you didn't go for a bubble. The NBA bubble is working, the NHL bubble is working, the MLS bubble is working, so you didn't go bubble. You knew what was going to happen. You knew people were going to go out. You knew they were going to break protocol. I'm watching on TV guys still high-fiving, guys slapping hands in the dugout, guys shaking hands, guys not wearing masks. Do you have a protocol? The protocol is everyone wears masks or they don't. Some are, some aren't. 
It's a microcosm of what's going on in our society. Decide what we're going to do and do it. It's not easy. I'm not saying it is. I don't have all the answers, but I am saying that there had to be protocols in that 100-plus page document, and it doesn't seem like there are any. Are you supposed to wear a mask? Are you supposed to high-five? Are you supposed to spit? I was told all those things you couldn't do. Everyone's doing them. Everyone's doing them. And baseball's shocked. Oh, it's on them. They went out last night. What did you think they were going to do? You were supposed to come up with what happens when. What happens when? What happens when a player gets it? What happens when some when there's an outbreak on a team? They seem like they're flying by the seat of their pants. We all are. But you had months. You supposedly drew up a protocol. Baseball, you're either in or you're out. We stay with baseball. Five stories you have to know to be a contributing member of society today. Crazy weekend for baseball. We just went over the bad. Well, the good is Aaron Judge homered for the fifth consecutive game Sunday, unless you don't like the Yankees, of course, becoming the first New York Yankees player in 13 years to accomplish that feat. And then Matt Vaskirgin just kind of let us all uh, soak in what is Aaron Judge. You get Aaron Judge's red hot to uh, start out the season. And with Aaron Judge, as you can hear the enthusiasm in Matt Vaskirgin's voice on ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball against the Red Sox, those aren't cheap ones. They're not barely going over the wall. And if they did hit some cardboard figure, it would rip their heads off. Those things were high and deep. Not so good in New York, Ioannis Cespedes. Ioannis Cespedes has not reported to the ballpark today. He did not reach out to management with any explanation for his absence, and the Mets' attempts to reach Cespedes have been unsuccessful. Ioannis Cespedes is a former Met at this point. Look, for all the money that he stole, he was injured and did not play, and he got a huge contract from the Mets. You would think, and I tell my 16-year-old son this, it's not, a lot of times, it's not about the act itself, it's how you handle it. Call the Mets. They paid you millions of dollars to ride a horse around, to buy fancy cars, uh, to lead the kind of life that you led. And it seems to me that Ioannis Cespedes, who I covered a little bit when he was in Oakland A and seemed like a really good guy, but he likes the lifestyle of being a baseball player. He doesn't so much like being a baseball player. So the New York Mets get to his hotel room. He's cleaned out the hotel room. Told later by his agent, yeah, he's opting out. No problem opting out. No problem whatsoever. No one's going to get on you for opting out. Well, maybe in New York they would. I don't have a problem with you on assessment as opting out. But like I tell my 16-year-old, just call somebody. Just tell somebody. Hey, you may not like the Mets, and they're not generally a very well-run organization, but they certainly deserve a phone call from a guy who's stolen millions of dollars from them over the last number of years. Uh, last thing in baseball, and this is terrible news, Shohei Otane who came over from Japan, and look, he can hit, he can pitch, we've seen it, but his second poor outing uh, over the weekend, and he's going for an MRI. We'll find out later today what's going on. So there you go. Those are some of the things around in baseball. That is story number one of the five things you got to know to be a contributing member of society. Here's number two. Chicken wing, chicken wing. 
the Lou Williams story will not die. Lemon Pepper Lou. So uh, a stripper came forth over the weekend for his trip to the Magic City Strip Club outside of the NBA bubble. He was uh, his grandfather passed away, so he flew to Atlanta, and he said he just stopped by Magic City which is a very famous uh, strip club and serves great wings. And by the way, you can do both. For those who aren't aware of this, uh, I live in uh, San Francisco, and there's a place called the Gold Club, and our studios overlook the Gold Club. I've never, honestly, I, I would tell you, I've never been in the Gold Club. Personally, I'm not a big stripper guy. I've been to strip clubs many times. Uh, I think I, I stopped going to strip clubs after one time in Dallas. I spent about 500 bucks. Uh, bought all these girls a bunch of drinks. So probably the bill at the end of the day was eight or 900 bucks. I was married at the time. And uh, yeah, even though it says steakhouse, your wife still says $900 at a steakhouse. Did anyone reimburse you? Like she asked you questions and she knows. And so that didn't work out so well. And I just remember leaving the club. It was maybe 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And the taxi driver, yeah, it was a long time ago. The taxi driver stops at a, at a light and it was green and we're looking around and we're going, why isn't this guy going? All of a sudden this van pulls up, the door flies open in the van. Women are in, are scantily clad and they say 200 bucks. And we're like, 200 bucks. They were trying to solicit us. Obviously we were too dumb to realize it. I mean, it's a total scam. So I decided at that point, 900 bucks plus I'm trying to get scammed uh, by some women leaving the club. I'm just not a strip club guy anymore. But I can tell you this, food is excellent. To finish the story of the Gold Club in San Francisco, so we would overlook the club, and on Fridays, they would do fried chicken. And apparently, it was some of the best fried chicken ever. A lot of people would go there for lunch. It was a lot of computer geeks and everything like that, but a lot of people would go there for lunch. was always told how good it is. So I'm not saying anything about Lou Williams and, and, and wondering if the wings were really good, the lemon pepper barbecue wings. It's just that a woman has stepped forward, and I love her name, Aries is her name. Uh, she works the day shift three to nine. She said she danced last week for Lou Williams. After placing an order with the Magic City Kitchen, the high-scoring Clippers guard ambled around the club, Aries said, and she was one of a few dancers who performed for him, keeping a six-foot distance. Quote-unquote, he tipped very well. Again, Lou Williams can do whatever he wants. I hope he doesn't uh, get infected. You know, he he doesn't spread it, whatever. He And it doesn't look like he has He's quarantining. He missed the Lakers-Clippers game. He's going to play this week. I don't care. Like, for everyone to get all over him because he went to a strip club, that's not the issue. As I'm reading through this, six-foot distance. Again, more ripoff. So if I did go to a strip club nowadays, I'd want the the girl to dance close, right? At least a little bit. So you're tipping big, and she's six feet away. I mean, that was my first marriage. Six feet away. You're dancing six feet away, and I've still got to tip you big? Shouldn't I get the wings for free? Anyway, I'm not all over Lou Williams about that. That's story number two. Uh, Aries has come forth. Uh, Lou Williams did not just take to-go wings. He got dances six feet away. And at least there's this. He's a very good tipper. All right, number three. The Rock has bought the XFL. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. The Rock says he's all psyched about the XFL. Oh, wait a minute. The Rock is inside. He's pumped about the XFL. No, 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 no. The Rock isn't pumped. The Rock is geeked about the XFL. Yeah, that's it. The Rock is geeked. Oh, wait a minute. The Rock was geeked last week, so The Rock can't be geeked now. The Rock is more than that. The Rock says he's cranked about the XFL. As a matter of fact, The Rock is just like everybody else in America. We're all psyched, pumped, geeked, and cranked. 
So to all the coaches in the XFL, to all the players in the XFL, and on behalf of the fans in the XFL, The Rock simply says, just bring it. Just bring it. Okay, that's 2001. We're in 2020. The XFL has failed twice. The second time, really not its fault, because that's when the pandemic uh, came down and the XFL was was by and large done. But the the point to me is this. Look, he's got to have something up his sleeve because everything The Rock seems to touch turns to gold. Uh, even bad movies. I respect The Rock, the way that he is. Uh, he transformed formed himself years ago. As I said, everything he seems to touch turns to gold. So there must be a, a backstory here I'm not seeing. But we love football. We love NFL football. We don't love any football. This, this whole thing about sports being at different parts of the year is weirding me out. We want the NFL. We're not just, we don't just love football, period. And here's the other thing that's very difficult no matter what the sport is. Building loyalty. Building loyalty to a team. Just because you put a city name in front of uh, Warriors or Knights or, or whatever the name of the team is going to be doesn't build loyalty. Oh, I live here. I've got to like this team. Indoor football has tried and failed. XFL football has tried twice and failed. Uh, whatever that league that had the San Diego fleet and the whatever, they tried and failed. We love NFL football. We love college football. We went to a university. We're loyal to that university, that team. We've lived in a city. It took years and years for the NFL to build the following that it's built. It does an amazing job 12 months a year in doing that. The brand of the NFL is what we love. The brand of college football and our team and our conference are what we love. We don't just blindly love football. I don't see it. Now, he only spent $15 million. I think there's other people besides The Rock in this venture, but I don't just blindly love football. I love certain kinds of football, and then I think I'm done. I'm so I'm generally speaking, outside of what's going on right now with the virus, I, I'm not looking for more things to do. I'm not looking to sit more in front of a TV set. I've got my things I love, and maybe people who are younger are going to get into it. Maybe they're going to. I don't know what they're going to do with this. Are they going to go back? to the original XFL and try to be crazy? Are they going to try what they did last time? I have no idea. I think there's lawsuits. Uh, all, did Oliver Luck get paid? I have no idea. I just know this. We don't need another football league. We just don't. I love football, but I'm not going to love this football. And I think The Rock, I don't know. He's probably had movies that have bombed, right? He's had. What was the one where he, had, he was a fairy? and had the, That had to have bombed, right? I don't know. Anyway, The Rock bought the XFL. <laughs> That's right. Monday Night Football used to mean something. Sunday Night Football has Alan Chris. Thursday Night Football even has Buck and Aikman. Hell, Monday Night Football Radio has my favorite broadcaster, Kevin Harlan, and even Kurt Warner. They're better. And it's no offense to this crew. Steve Levy is a pro. Uh, Brian Greasy isn't bad. And Lewis Riddick is a great analyst. But that's not what I'm looking for at a Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, when I was growing up, was the thing. It was Howard Cosell, Dandy Don, Frank Gifford. It used to be it. Monday Night, that's where the players wanted to play. We're playing on Monday Night Football. It was a big deal. I've covered football in a number of different cities. The city would shut down on Monday. I worked in Pittsburgh. Nobody went to work Monday or Tuesday getting ready for Monday Night Football. And now the best ESPN, who is the worldwide leader in sports, worldwide leader in sports, the best they can come up with, and no offense to these guys, professionals through and through, but Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick, 
That's what they came up with. They couldn't get Tony Romo. They couldn't get Peyton Manning. I get it. Maybe Monday Night Football is not what it used to be. When I first got into radio, you'd go to bars and we'd make a bunch of money and they'd, we'd show up and there'd be girls and prizes and, and Monday Night Football was a circus. It was awesome. It's not that. You know, we've gotten too serious. Oh, I got to work tomorrow. I can't be hungover. So it, it's, it's different. I get it. Sunday Night Football is kind of taking the torch, but Monday Night Football gave it to them. Monday Night Football used to be the thing. That's not good enough. And finally, number five, I love this promo. First of all, I love everything that Marshawn Lynch does, and Marshawn Lynch is in this promo. But this is an awesome promo done by NHL players with some help from NFL guys like Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, Marshawn Lynch. And it is an anti-racism promo for the NHL, equality in the NHL. Uh, I live in the Bay Area, so Evander Kane is an African-American player who plays for the San Jose Sharks. He is also in this promo, but this is an awesome promo. And we don't often talk about hockey and the need in hockey because there are so few African-American players. So I give it up to the players who did a really nice promo. Take a listen. This is Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. What's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here from Los Angeles Lakers. I'm Alex Savitkin. I'm Tom McDavid. Hey, it's Mitch Marner. I'm Darnell Nurse. Hi, I'm Natalie Spooner. So we're a tanker defenseman for the NWHL Metropolitan oh. Riveters. I'm Chris Simpson, hockey reporter for Sportsnet. Hi, I'm Tom Rennie, CEO of Hockey Canada. This is George Kittle, tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, it's Brooks Kepka. And I support. I support. And I support. And I support. And I support the Hockey Diversity Alliance. I stand with Akeem Alou and Evander Kane to fight racism in hockey and in society. There's no place for racism in our sport. Let's all do our part. Because sport has the power to change. In our fight for equality, because representation matters. And we thank you all for your support. Well done, boys. Well done. That was Vander Kane of the Sharks at the end. You heard Marshawn Lynch in there. Brooks Kepka. I forgot to mention Patrick Mahomes kicked it off. Nice job by the NHL. And those are the five stories you got to know to be a contributing member of society today. This is podcast number 12 at CabooseBistol.com. John Lund with you from KBR Radio in San Francisco. As you know, we do it both ways. We give you an asshole of the day, but then we even it out with one good thing. We've talked about Reese McGuire, who's a young player for the Toronto Blue Jays. Something else has surfaced. He's an asshole. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! What an asshole! He's a special kind of asshole. What an asshole! Because you're an asshole. Asshole. What's his name? I told you, it's Reese McGuire. Plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, this has already been settled. And this happened back in spring training. The first spring training, all right? So, I guess he's got roommates... And it's Dunedin, Florida. It's uh, outside of Tampa. And he had gotten busted for masturbating in a car, but now the video has surfaced. Take a listen. So, I mean, if, you, if you're down at an apartment next to the stadium, why would you come to a parking lot just to masturbate? I just, I don't know. I mean, like, like are you staying with other people at the apartment? Or? There is, yeah, I have a roommate. Okay, and is it like a weird situation where you, you feel it's like... A, it's like a studio, so it's, yeah. Okay. But you feel but like... That wasn't the reason why. I don't know, I just decided to park and... I don't know. Okay. 
Alright. Um, there's two phones in there. Uh, are they both your phones or are they... Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what goes on from here, but as far as, you know, like, I've realized that I made a mistake of having my pants down and doing what I was doing. And, I mean, if there's any way I can, you know, just really learn from it, I, I feel like hopefully no one's harmed in fucking what they saw, but I really, I really am apologetic and I know I shouldn't have done this. Okay. I love the police officer. He goes for the plea, like, maybe I can get myself out of this. I am a professional athlete, after all. I get away with everything. And the cop just goes, okay. Like, dude, seriously? This is so foreign to me, and I'm not just saying this. I've never in my lifetime, and I'm a guy. We get the urges all the time, but I've never in my lifetime thought, you know what? I got roommates at home. I I just got to knock one out right here. And he's got two phones, so I don't know which phone... And there's in the video, like somebody had to take his hands behind his back and and put him in handcuffs because he's handcuffed in the car while he's talking to the police officers in the back of the car. This whole thing. And I guess there was a family that saw him and he's in a parking lot with like a Best Buy and a grocery store. There's like a whole basically a strip mall. And essentially what he's saying is it's spring training. It's a loft. You don't have any privacy, which I find hard to believe. I, I got to believe that they each have rooms. But anyway, he's a young player, so maybe not, and he has nowhere to go. He has nowhere where to relieve the stress, so to speak. Um, I would tell him the bathroom is always a good place. Um, anytime your roommate may leave. I mean, look, I had roommates in college. Now, I never had some sort of a loft where it was one big uh, open room, so maybe that's the case. And I, he didn't want to chance it. I completely understand that. And look, I, 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 that's got to be the most embarrassing thing ever. Now the videos come out. So it came out before... And then he settled, paid a fine or something. It's a misdemeanor. And now the video has come out via TMZ, and he's just sitting in this car, and he's trying to plead with police officers. Look, I'm embarrassed for the guy, but he is the asshole of the day because, come on, figure it out. Go to the bathroom. Wait till your roommate leaves. We've all been there. We all have urges. You can't do it in a Best Buy parking lot. Congratulations. You're the asshole of the day. I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it. So we always balance the asshole of the day with one good thing. All right, you may not like the Dodgers, but me, I appreciate great play. Uh, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm not angry at teams. I'm not angry at players. I just try to enjoy them. And usually the best players are the ones I'm angry at because they're never on my team. So I've gotten past that in my fandom. And I can just appreciate great players for what they are. Uh, Aaron Judge, the start he's off to. I've never been a Yankees fan, but I can appreciate Aaron Judge. Just like I can appreciate one good thing. Did you see this throw from Mookie Betts? In the deep in the right field corner, he airs it out all the way to third base and nails the runner. One good thing. Appreciate all great athletes, even if you hate the team. That's a broken bat flare down the line to right and sinks in there for Marte. Bets over to dig it out. Marte headed to second. He's going to try for three. Mookie's throw right on the money. Oh, Mookie. 
All right, you may hate the Dodgers, but that is one good thing. Look it up. Deep in the right field corner, Mookie Betts airs it out all the way to third base and nails the runner in Arizona. Look, it's a big contract. He's known for his offense, but he's showing early on it's the speed, it's the base running, it's the defense, it's the leadership, it's all those kind of things. At first, and look, we're only, what, 10 or 11 games into the season, I looked at that contract and I said, geez, those kind of contracts are the elite of the elite. But early on, Mookie Betts is showing he's the elite of the elite. That's a hell of a throw, and that's one good thing. <laughs> the old caboose pistol. Everybody has one. <laughs> Did you say caboose pistol? I know some women who could hide a machine gun in there. Yeah. All right, it's time for your caboose pistol finale for podcast number 12. We talked about this on my show in San Francisco on Friday. And when we were going to break, I teased it. I said, look, this is like a Mount Rushmore of craziest stories. And we've been doing the caboose pistol to finish off our shows for 10 years. And so my co-host, Greg Papa, the voice of the 49ers, was like, look, there's no way. You're overselling this. I'm not overselling this. I'm going to have to explain this because I will play the audio. This guy's name is Malcolm. I will play the audio of this man, but he's got such a thick accent that it's difficult, so I'm going to have to stop it every once in a while to explain what he's saying. But essentially, here's what happened. This guy, Malcolm, because of some kind of blood disorder in the crotchal region, in the crotchal region, uh, he lost his unit. He lost his penis. And he was devastated by it, as we all would be. Obviously, all men would be. And he uh, went to numerous surgeons, and he had a penis attached to his forearm, the inside of his arm, his forearm. Uh, he said, I'd struggled for years with an infection, and I had no idea what could happen. It spread to my fingers, my toes. When I saw my penis go black, I was beside myself. It was a horror film. I was in complete panic. I knew deep down it was gone, and I was going to lose it. Then one day, it just dropped off to the floor. So anyway, he had it put onto his arm. Because of the pandemic, this has been going on for a couple of years, they said they could put it back. They're going to fix that region, and then they're going to uh, put the penis back in its place. But because of the pandemic, it's been... Uh, delayed a little bit. So he's had this, I guess he's had this penis on his arm for four years. Try to decipher as much as you can, and I'll try to explain after he talks about it. Man has a penis on his forearm. What's it like having a penis on your arm? I can't do nothing. Can't go down the shops with a T-shirt on. How, how did you feel when your pe- penis fell off? I'm not having sex no more. Said so he couldn't have sex anymore. Didn't it? Don't know what I that was. I've got two children anyway, so... Don't know what he said there. I actually asked the doc- my doctor if they could do anything, and they said, yeah, they could. They referred me to the local hospital, which is Barry St. Edmunds. Referred to another doctor. Do basically, uh, what was left, what was left? wrap it up like a sausage roll. Sausage roll. Skin man the outside of it and leave it as that. But they're still not going to, I'm still not going to be able to stand up on we or anything. Couldn't we? So Couldn't I said, well, forget about that procedure. Then I got another uh, letter through saying about another procedure, which was this one here. Another procedure. Put the penis on his arm. He was there in the surgery. Top, the, the suit in bed, ready to go down to theatre. Come in and said, "No, we can't because there's not enough medical staff." Couldn't put it in the regular place. Do you have a nickname for it? Jimmy. 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 Kids, nickname is Jimmy. School, isn't it? Right, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. They're my mates. Give me a little mate, you No idea. No idea what he said at the end. Anyway, 
long story short, try to decipher as much as I could for you. Uh, had an infection, had to have the penis put on the arm. It was his actual penis. Uh, they're waiting to try to put it back to where it was. It's been on his arm for that, that way for four years. And they've gone through uh, a ton of procedures. Bottom line. True story. Uh, number two, a bra saved a woman's life during a shooting. I'm shaking. It's very scary. 21-year-old Denasia Murdoch was released from the hospital this morning after being shot at the event. A bullet hit her in the back, but her bra may have saved her life. My bra strap, thank God it was thick enough to save it because if it wasn't there, it would have went deeper than what it was. A bra strap saved her life. I don't know how thick that bra strap is, but a bra strap saved her life. That is a true story. Number three in your Caboose Pistol at CaboosePistol.com. Caboose Pistol Finale Man in Florida reportedly purchased a brand new Porsche with a check he printed on a home computer. Then he decided to splurge on some watches. That's where it always gets you. Uh, Casey William Kelly, 42, cashed in the nearly $140,000 check at a local car dealership on Tuesday. First of all, the car dealership is not smart enough to say, okay, hang on, before you take that 911, let me make sure that this check clears. He had it, he got busted, and he would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those darn kids. No, actually, he would have gotten away with it, but he got uh, greedy, tried to buy a couple of Rolex watches. The jeweler was smarter. They uh, had a system in which, obviously, the checks did not clear. They called the police. He got arrested. It's like a modern-day catch-me-if-you-can with DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. But that was, when was that, in the, in the 20s or the 40s or whatever it was, 60s? I think it was in the 60s. It was in the 60s or something. Where you, you, you just he just went around writing fake checks and had a printer in his in his room. Can you imagine those good old days? Not now. You can't get a Porsche, a fake check that you just printed. Yeah, no problem. Take the Porsche. See you later. Finally, uh, one more just because I saw this at the last minute and it just freaks me out. Uh, read a story today. It says sperm swim like playful otters, corkscrewing towards the egg. Scientists say. Weren't you always told when you were in that one sex class that was really, really uncomfortable, like we had to separate the boys and the girls in like ninth grade or eighth grade or whatever it was, and you had the birds and the bees class, sex ed, and everyone would snicker, <laughs> and you had those old grainy films, and it was a sperm, and it was like a race car, and they were racing towards the egg. Now scientists are saying they are like playful otters corkscrewing towards the egg. So that will probably freak you out. And that is Caboose Pistol, podcast number 12, recorded August 3rd, 2020. John Lund from KBR Radio in San Francisco. For more, go to CabooseMistol.com. You've got archives of the podcast, video, audio, stories, all sorts of things, things you may have missed. At Caboose Pistol on Twitter, at John Lund Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places that you find your finest podcasts. <laughs>